Steelers fans revel in the Ravens' playoff loss as Lamar Jackson falls flat versus the Titans. Here's what it all means for the 2020 season. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. If Steelers fans can't have their beloved black and gold in the NFL playoffs, the next best thing is watching a hated division rival going down to an embarrassing, soul-crushing defeat. It's even more fun when it's an out-of-the-blue beatdown, just as those rival fans are booking Super Bowl reservations. Best of all, the foe's star player and his serious flaws are badly exposed in the process. All this and more happened during that beautiful night in Baltimore as the top-seeded Ravens were anything but charmed in a shocking shellacking by the Tennessee Titans, a team that almost didn't make the playoffs at all. The 28-12 divisional playoff loss was so horrific, Baltimore native Edgar Allan Poe would be hard-pressed to top it. But in Pittsburgh, it played for laughs, as black and gold fans waved bye-bye to Baltimore. Heck, you could almost hear the Pittsburgh belly-busting goofalls all the way out there in Charm City. But this loss could be far more than a one-off. The reverberations could extend well into the 2020 season. I give you all the Steeler fans crowing over the Ravens' playoff blunders, along with the serious, long-lasting implications of this Baltimore loss for the balance of power in 2020, exclusively in this podcast. So let's get right to it. Many epitaphs have already been written about Baltimore's charmed, then doomed 2019 campaign. But the real story is the lingering effect of this loss for the Ravens' second-year quarterback, Lamar Jackson. It could prove to be a turning point in his entire career. Here's how ESPN's Jamison Hensley frames the far-reaching effects of what the Titans did to Jackson. Quote, In his first full season as a starter, Jackson looked invincible at times, topping the NFL with 36 touchdown passes and finishing sixth in the league with 1,200 yards rushing. For the second straight postseason, however, he looked mortal. Jackson became the only player in the NFL history to throw for over 3,000 yards and run for over 1,000 yards in a single regular season in 2019. But once again, it was one and done in the playoffs. In 15 regular season games this year, Jackson turned the ball over eight times. In his two playoff games these past two seasons, he's committed five turnovers. Now, Jackson is facing similar skepticism after Baltimore scored just 12 points against the Titans, the fewest in his 24 career starts. For his part, Jackson will acknowledge his struggles throwing the ball and protecting it. Both of those things played major roles in each of his postseason losses. The quarterback's mistakes, however, weren't the only reason for the defeats. While the focus of Jackson's post-game news conference was on his response to the playoff questions, 
The theme of his answers was all about getting better for the 2020 season. Here's Jackson in his own words, quote, This is my second year in the league. Many people aren't able to bring it to the playoffs. I've got a great team with me. I don't really worry about what the people say. We're just going to keep going, like I said, and get ready for next year, unquote. My take is, hey, this response from Jackson and his emphasis on improving his throwing game is positive. But what else do you expect him to say? And to a person, the Ravens believe his postseason failures will ultimately lead to future success. But again, they have to think this way. What's the alternative? But words and beliefs are one thing. Doing it and producing in the one-and-done NFL playoffs is something altogether different. We'll see if Lamar Jackson is up to really correcting the flaws in his game that were so badly exposed on that night in Baltimore by the Tennessee Titans. As for the Pittsburgh levity over the Ravens' loss, here's a sampling. Brian Tan is tipping his Steelers cap to the Titans for bringing him some postseason joy on two counts. He tweets, quote, Steelers fans owe the Titans a lot after knocking out the Pats and the Ravens. I, as a lifelong Steelers fan, now pledge allegiance to the Titans as my second AFC team. Good call. And I'll tell you, this Titan team reminds me a little of the early Steelers teams under Cower. Good defense, control the ball with the running game, and design your strategy to go right at the opposing team's flaws. Let's see if the Titans can do it against Kansas City Chiefs in the championship game. Meanwhile, Steelers sports talker Andrew Filipponi had similar appreciation for the Titans, but also an ominous forecast for the Ravens next season. Here's his successive tweets on the subject. Quote, I love the Titans. Any team that beats the Patriots and the Ravens in back-to-back weeks is all right by me. As for the Ravens, he says, the Ravens will regress in 2020. I've been saying it for weeks. This year was too perfect. They won't be dominant next year, unquote. And if they're not dominant, part of it will be other teams taking the Titans game plan and using it against Jackson and the Ravens. Still, a few Steeler fans couldn't muster ripping on the Ravens, given that the Steelers were swept by Baltimore in 2019 and haven't sniffed the playoffs in two straight seasons. G8 Udak sums up his inner hollowness here. Quote, I'm a Steelers fan, but WTF you talking about? Nine and seven and eight and eight in the last two seasons under Tomlin, a 38-year-old quarterback coming back off injury, a defense that couldn't stop the Ravens' backups and beat one team with a winning record this year, and the Steelers are back? And by the way, it's 2020 now, not 09 and 11, unquote. Hey, I'm not going to reserve judgment. The offseason, each roster is remade, and we will see what the Steelers put together for this, yes, 2020 campaign. And of course, Ravens fans are keeping the faith. W. Jeff Ledbetter chimes in on Twitter with this, but it sounded more like a prayer than a fact. He tweets, quote, 
Despite his stellar offensive numbers, Lamar Jackson reminded us he's still a rookie. The Ravens have tons of upside and a lot to look forward to this decade. The Titans are a very dangerous team for anybody to face. This could be the 2005 Steelers all over again. And we remember that team, a six-seeded wild card, went on the road, won all their games, and then won the Super Bowl in the Bus Bettis' hometown of Detroit. And then we have Baltimore fan Wayne C., who tweeted this in conversation with Ravens backup quarterback, RG3. Quote, the Ravens had a great season. Not getting to the Super Bowl is a statistic, not a failure. Lamar Jackson was dynamic. He set records and changed the game. RG3 beat the Steelers. The entire Raven team was fun to watch all season, and that is a success in my book. Well, Wayne, they only enjoyed that last game, the biggest of the year, in Pittsburgh and Tennessee. And yes, reaching the Super Bowl is a statistic. It just happens to be the only one that matters. LOL, Wayne. Still, it's not just Baltimore who flamed out early in the sudden death drama of the NFL postseason. The entire AFC North has suffered from playoff utility of late. As Alex Kazora with SteelersDepot.com tweets, quote, No AFC North team has won a playoff game in the past three seasons. Here's the year each team last won one. Pittsburgh, 2016. Baltimore, 2014. Cleveland, 1994. Cincinnati, 1990, unquote. Yeah, it's been a little hungry lately in that division. Still, the AFC North will be where the hot new QBs are in 2020. Here's how Daniel Valente, also with Steelers Depot, envisions the division next season. Quote, how the AFC North will likely shape up. Joe Burrow. 2019 Heisman winner, Baker Mayfield, 2017 Heisman winner, Lamar Jackson, 2016 Heisman winner, Ben Roethlisberger, two-time Super Bowl champion, three Heisman winners, and a two-time Super Bowl champ. Business just picked up in the AFC North, unquote. And of course, we congratulate Joe Burrow on winning the College Football Playoff Championship for LSU. It will be interesting to watch him in the stripes of a Bengals uniform next season. Finally, a deep tip of the cap and a nod to the chin to the newest Hall of Famer, Crafton's own Bill Cower. I was a new season ticket holder when Cower took over in 1992. I had been to games at Three Rivers in the glory days under Noel, but that was my dad and my uncle's team. Cower was my coach as I came of age as a season ticket holder in my own right, and I remember him re-energizing the Steelers. I'll never forget him roaming the sidelines, that chin, those eyes, that fire, and of course, Cower power. The energy was amazing. He didn't just fire up his team, he fired up all of Steelers Nation, Three Rivers Stadium was a blast furnace and a blast. What a time it was. Perhaps 
The best stat on the coach is this from Mark Kabloy with The Athletic. He tweets, quote, favorite Bill Cowher stat of all time. When leading by 11 or more points, he was 108, 1 and 1. The lone loss came to the 4 and 10 Bengals in 2001 when Don Dugans and Danny Farmer caught TDs from John Kitna within two minutes late in the game to send it to OT. Cordell Stewart threw four second half picks in the game. My take, of course, is Cower coached aggressively, especially on defense and special teams, but an offense with limited talent at QB for most of his tenure, he was content to grind out wins on the ground and control the clock. It was Pittsburgh football, lunch pails, and big arms hanging out of short sleeves on the offensive line. It was imposing one's will on the other team. It was daring defenses to stop the running game. None of it was pretty, but fans loved it, including this one right here. Congrats, Coach Cower, Hall of Famer. Well, my take on the whole Baltimore thing, a foe losing is always fun. And to be sure, the Ravens fans had to love every minute of it when the Jacksonville Jaguars crept into Heinz Field for a 2018 division round game and proceeded to put up 45 points on the Steelers. Hey, at least Pittsburgh managed to make it a game, scoring 42, but a loss is a loss, and no loss hurts more than an early exit from the playoffs, especially when you're heavily favored at home. But something far more important happened as the air went out of Charm City and all the smiles and cheers were stolen from the once boisterous Baltimore crowd. We didn't just witness a playoff flame out of epic proportions. We saw a seemingly unbeatable team with a nearly invincible quarterback being badly exposed. Tennessee just gave all of the NFL the formula for beating Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. The Ravens didn't just get their feathers plucked. Their deepest vulnerabilities were revealed, opening themselves and their quarterback to long-term game-planning headaches as the copycat NFL duplicates what Tennessee did. First among those mimickers will be the Steelers. I'm sure the Steelers' defense is just licking its chops for another shot at Jackson and his weak arm throws to the sidelines, which the Tennessee Titans forced him to throw all game long. And the Titans mostly neutralized the fleet-footed QB's running game by chasing him across the field instead of up and down it. Mark it down right now. I believe 2019 will be peak Lamar Jackson. Yes, he'll win the MVP this season, but he will never equal his 2019 numbers again, both in wins and especially rushing yards. We have seen the high point of Jackson as a runner. The Titan template will limit the damage he does on the ground going forward. Age and inevitable injury will eventually grind him down further. And should Jackson fail to raise his throwing game and fix the glaring flaw of his weak sideline route passes, the vaunted Raven offense just a month ago Expert analysts were predicting he could romp for a decade, instead might just become a shell of itself. Call it what you will, coming back down to earth, regression to the mean, whatever. NFL defensive masterminds always find ways to attack every offense. No one is spared. The Titans showed the football world how to go right at Jackson and the Ravens. Coach John Harbaugh did the rest with his head-scratching, data-driven calls 
to go for it on fourth and one, not once, but twice. At least one of these decisions neutralized the Ravens' best player, their ultra-accurate kicker, Justin Tucker. The other undercut the defense, which was toasted on the first Titans play after the turnover for a long TD pass. The Titans recognized the Ravens and Jacksons aren't built to play from behind. So they used minimal offense, great defensive strategy and execution, and some gifts from John Harbaugh to build a big lead early, then keep their foot on the Ravens' neck the rest of the way. And they kept the ball on the ground, courtesy of Derrick Henry, who could just be in a Steelers uniform next season. More on that in future columns and podcasts. Still, Harbaugh will insist to his dying breath that the analytics gave him the green light to go for it on fourth and one. And certainly the regular season history with the Ravens showed it was a good gamble. But the trend did not continue in the playoffs. It was another regression to the mean for all you analytical folks. And you haven't seen anything yet for how far these Ravens might fall. Only the 2020 season and two big matchups with the Steelers will tell that tale. I, for one, can't wait. And that is your podcast for now. Come back every Wednesday for the latest audio on the Steelers, and you can download it wherever you download your favorite podcasts and audio. And, of course, log on to penlive.com for your real-time Steelers news.